When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. G-A-L-D-E-M-G-A-L-D-E-M This song is good. Welcome back to another episode of Growing Up With Galdem, a Galdem original podcast. Inspired by our book, I Will Not Be Erased, our stories about growing up as people of colour. My name is Charlie Brinkhurst-Cuff, I'm the editor-in-chief at Galdem. And my name's Natty Kasimbala, I'm a former editor and long-time contributor at Galdem. You can find Growing Up With Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are incredibly excited to have Susan Wakoma on the show today. Susan is a Nigerian-British actress and writer who made her film debut in Half of a Yellow Sun, as well as TV appearances in the BBC's Bluestone 42, Channel 4's Year of the Rabbit, Crashing, and you'll definitely remember her from her role as Cynthia in the evil comedy hit show Chewing Gum. All of her scenes made me crack up. Susan's first leading role was in the E4 Netflix co-production Crazy Head, where we saw her as a hardcore demon-fighting seer. She recently appeared on reality dating show Dating No Filter, which sees comics weighing in on other people's cringy dates to hilarious effect. We're so excited to have you on the show. It's so Aww. great to have you here and can't wait to talk so much about your amazing extract. Oh, thank you. <laughs> How are you doing? You're sat, you said you're sat amongst your boxes. Yeah, so basically I managed to somehow buy my own place, which I'm just so thankful for. But it's a bit of a kickbollock scramble because I, I got the keys to this place at the beginning of January. Then I had to go away to Wales to film. I got back, that was, in, yeah, beginning of Jan. Got back last week. I've got six more days before I go off and film. So 
I'm the kind of person who really likes, you know, searching for little things and like artwork and stuff to just like put, you know, fairy lights and that. I'm that dickhead um and I've got six days to do all of that so I'm just I'm really I'm I'm really happy because I'm doing what I really love like nesting but also I'm, I'm very stressed loads of deliveries so I'm, I'm surrounded by boxes so that's how I currently am mostly I feel like this most stressful part of nesting is like dealing with the like the refuse like the rubbish afterwards and like yes. all of the just like debris that stuff's the the annoying stuff you know and recycling it's- yeah it just never it never goes like at the weekend <laughs> I, I took out so many boxes and I ripped them all up and I put it in the recycling I was like right and now if I was to show you my space I'm back to square one I, I don't know how <laughs> I think that I should just have cardboard boxes as my furniture because this is just it might as well just stay <laughs> I love the word nesting. Like I'd never heard it kind of described like that actually before, oh, but it's totally accurate. I love it. You know, like sometimes you'll see yeah. birds. Okay, I guess like mostly in London you see pigeons, but like if you ever <laughs> if you ever manage to get out, you see birds and they bring like twigs and like bits of cotton and even bits of hair, like, mm-hmm. and they just make little beds. And I just, yeah, that's totally yeah. what I'm doing right now. And I love it. Like it's really... It's kind of, you know, to not get too deep about it, but like it's it's spiritual for me. It isn't just about buying tat. It's about creating Mm. your own little pocket of of safety. So, and I've just dreamt of it like loads of people, um, loads of millennials and Gen Zs who can only dream of it. I'm really, really happy. (laughs) Have we got like a a vision board, a mood board? What's What's the style we're going for? How could you describe it in a sentence? In a sentence, so I've, I've done all the Pinterest. I've been like selecting what I want. I've really oscillated, but I want it to be like we're sort of going for a blush pink, um, cobalt blue. We're getting loads of hanging plants, brass. We're getting brass furniture up in here. Love like, it. Yeah. Color, color, color. <laughs> orange sofa. That's going to be painted orange behind me the hallway. Yeah, I'm going for it because. Yeah, I love I love colour. Yes. Anyway, we should probably ask you about some of your projects and some <laughs> of your um, film work. I think Natty has a question for you about the dating show that you've been doing. Oh, yeah. oh my God. And I, yeah. I have to say, I'm an avid, like, I am a dating show addict. Like, I watch them all. Um, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm not in the UK at the moment, so I'm gutted because I don't have access to dating, no filter. But I've been watching all of the clips I've seen everywhere. And I guess I just wanted to ask, like, Firstly, like, how was it filming that? And secondly, has it shifted your perspective on dating at all? (laughs) So my perspective on dating, I work backwards. Yeah, it's made me never want to date again. Like, I felt... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I felt so completely and utterly sick watching all of it. The preparation, I'm like, why are we doing this? Like you know, what are you going to wear, the meeting a stranger, what do you first say, do you hug, da, da, da. and that's just like the basic stuff. I've been on a, a break, a sort of in, self-induced, I guess, go on then, a break from dating for a year, although it's a bit longer now because of COVID, which I'm more than happy about, but all my friends are kind of like, yeah, okay, it's been a year now, Suze, let's hook you up with this person, do you want to go on like a sort of, you know, socially distant walk with this person or a Zoom date? And I was always kind of just looking for a reason to not. And yeah, dating No Filter made me realise, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not going to do that because it's horrible. That was your reason. 
<laughs> yeah. I date no filter. I was just going to say, I think I need better friends because they are not stepping up to the plate like yours are, clearly. <laughs> oh, all my friends are just... Well, it's because all my... You know, I've got really great friends who know really cool people, so they just don't want me to lose faith. But, you know, in the time that I've been single over a, a year, I've bought a flat, I'm writing two films, I'm seeing my oh. nephew more, I meditate more, my skin is clearing up, my credit status score is like all the way up. Like I just, the idea of bringing somebody into this beautiful pocket of, you know, bossness just feels like absolute madness. Why would I do that? But yeah, you know, don't want to die alone and all that shit. So mm. I guess I should think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, if I, if I'll be the optimistic one right now. And maybe, you know, someone, the right at the right time. <laughs> She's in a relationship. Preface it with that. <laughs> but what I was going to say was, you know, the right person at the right time. Not right now, because it sounds like you're busting it, as you say. It can hopefully help complement those things and bring some new things of excitement into one's life as well. But mm. yeah, there's also downsides mm. like, you know, messy men or oh, women yeah. or whomever. Right, or know? just like... Yeah oh, I'm going to be doing this at this time and I finish at this time. What time do you finish? Oh, my Let's God. The schedule. Yes. I, I, ooh, I really don't like it. I think if I start dating somebody, I'm going to just get like Google, you know, um, Google diary. And I'm like, just put it in the diary so I can just see it. And <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. like, or maybe see somebody once every like two weeks. Such a shout. Once every two weeks. I think that might, we just meet up and then we have a chat and, you know, back rub, all of that. Then go yeah. up and come back. Honestly, it's a mess. <laughs> I hear that completely. Susan, I wanted to ask you about one of the first, I think, I don't know if it was your first ever TV series. It was the first thing that I saw you in when I was a, a few years younger. And it was called Crazy Head on E4. And it was so much fun. It was all about demon hunters and the supernatural. And I wasn't yeah. ever allowed to watch Buffy growing up because my auntie was very, like, superstitious. And she was okay. like, no, you can't. <laughs> I'm not going to try and, like, do the accent. But she was just like, no, you can't watch that because, yeah, it's not for you, basically. And I, and it was, I felt like I was getting to live out that childhood dream yeah. and it was with like you and like you know a black character it was amazing and I know this is one of your favorites to film as well but have, have, have any other projects overtaken it in in terms of being your most exciting thing to sort of get on board with with in in current years or yeah yeah for, for a long time it was kind of unbeatable in terms of like just the thing that I love the most it wasn't just because it was a lead role but it's because of being in something that was supernatural which I'd never done before the kind of possibilities of not just my character but all the characters were so vast it was like greek mm. it was like ancient because it was like good versus evil the end of the world like the stakes were so high as well as then you know being funny and sweet and heartbreaking and all those things as well so that was the reason why i loved it and then on top of that i had a really really great experience with everybody on it so yeah it was hard to beat for a long time but i've just shot uh, it hasn't been announced, which is so annoying, but it's a TV series that is going to be out later this year. And the reason why it was so special is because, firstly, it's a character that I don't think I'd normally get cast as. It's not outwardly comedic. You've got to have, you know, the wit and the timing for her. But the thing that was so, what I can say about it is 
it was one of the first times that I've worked with a show that didn't have a broadcaster, so it didn't have a channel attached. So it was just the writer and the producers and all us guys, a bit like how independent film is made. You go away and you make the film and then you go, okay, does Netflix want it? Does Film 4 want to distribute it or whatever? And so it felt kind of indie the way that we made it. And it just, I felt very free. I felt very listened to. I felt hugely challenged. And I'm I'm really proud of what I've seen so far of it. Can't say what it is, but it will be out this year. So it's not like going to be like ages and ages away. But um, when it comes out, I'm sure I'll speak to you guys about it. Because, yeah, I'm really, 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 really proud of it. So that's coming. So, yeah, it's been beaten. Crazy Head's been beaten. Ooh, I'm very excited for all of that. Um, I guess following on from that, in terms of the type of characters that we've seen you as before, um, I read somewhere that you were saying how you intentionally sometimes set out to play black characters that are vulnerable and how that's something that maybe you haven't seen as much of. And I just wanted to, I wondered if you wanted to talk a little bit about like the experience that inspired that decision for you, how it's been kind of setting that mission and sticking to it in in the modern landscape of film and tv i think my kind of quest for that came from my experiences of a dark-skinned black girl and you know how my vulnerability was confronted by people and i'm not just talking about white people but you know amongst uh, my community amongst the nigerian community amongst my peers british nigerians like i just i i felt like the amount that I f- would feel sometimes was something that was always looked down on, ridiculed. And so I always felt like this immense feeling, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, it's it's waves and waves and waves of just empathy. It can be anger, it can be upset, it can be, you know, feeling excluded, all these feelings, but I'd feel them so strongly and wasn't shy about hiding them. <laughs> and so as I got older and obviously you sort of get to know yourself more, I just was like, well, there are parts of that expressiveness that I don't want to lose just because I get older, just because I have to pay council tax. Like, (laughs) there's something of that that I want to keep. And so it's a vulnerability and it's a curiosity. And, like, I just don't feel like black women, black people, but particularly black women, are allowed to have an adolescence and a coming of age. And so regardless of what age my character is I'm always trying to look for the searching and the not knowing because I feel like sometimes we get characters a lot that know everything they've got the files for the boss and they bring them and they're all sure and I just that's what I keep looking for but I think since I said that I think the other thing that I look for is fun and joy like genuinely I'll do something if I'm free if it's fun if I feel like I'm going to grow from the experience, because I think that acting is is really hard. It's really, really hard job, particularly on your mental health. And I just think that black women, regardless of whether you're an actor or a doctor or you work in a shop or whatever, I feel like we're not encouraged to seek joy and just fun and pleasure. And so I'm a big, big believer in vulnerability and, and pleasure. I think that's such a good point. And just going back to what you were saying on... Yeah, the idea of having to be the one with the answers, having to be the one with the strength, who's kind of like the foundation. Mm. It's it's so key. It's you don't see as much innocence and like naivety and vulnerability, like you said, in especially dark skinned characters on TV. So I definitely always appreciate you for for your presence in that in that space. Oh, thank you. 
Leading on from that as well, um, we wanted to ask, we had your lovely castmate, Michaela Cole, in on one of the previous seasons. And I guess just, I feel like people would be, you know, angry if we didn't ask about chewing gum. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And just like what it was like to film a series like that and just like being a part of something so, I think, refreshing at its time. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, like... The first series, I think for a lot of people involved, for a lot of the actors involved, it was our first regular role in anything. By that point, I'd been a semi-regular in a couple of other shows, and this was like the first time that I was sort of given a role that I would see from beginning to end. And so there was a giddiness on set, and I remember even the first series, it like it was a really the weather was really good. I remember, maybe I'm making that up. Maybe I'm sort of like looking at the show and the way that it looks and sort of applying it now. But like, it just was such a fun time and we were all really young and we were all really sort of new and really, really excited. And it was just, it was quite nice to not have to do acrobatics towards a character. Like these were people who, I'm nothing like Cynthia, but I know people like Cynthia. And it was just, lovely to be in a space where for instance I didn't have to say or explain my hair I didn't have to say or explain my skin I could just come on set I could say this and people would understand and there wasn't that much of a translation and also I felt very trusted by Michaela by Tom our director who just would sort of let me run at it and it was the first time that I was able to kind of test out my comedic skills I guess because I'd always seen myself as a funny person but not necessarily a comedic actor and so I was getting to sort of bring that into it and I was like this is great so it was blissful it was really 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 blissful and then the second series you know the problem I think with the UK although they're changing this now is you get something that's very very successful they want to make it again but what we don't do is we don't retain the actors. You sort of do it season by season. So each season it gets harder to get everybody together because obviously you go off and do other things. And there was such a gap between the first series and the second series and there were other things. Crazy Head appeared. So I was filming Crazy Head at the same time as series two. And so then it just felt, it didn't feel the same actually, I've got to say, from the first series and you know, I was just popping in and then having to go back to Bristol. So the first series for me holds a really, really special place in in my heart because we were just all young and cute. All the things that I just said before, being curious, being vulnerable, figuring it out. I had such a joyous time. So, and and I think that you can really, really tell when you watch it. So I, I love Cynthia to bits. I'm so proud of that experience. It's really surprising to hear that she was one of your first sort of proper forays into comedic acting because like obviously it's not a competition but definitely every scene that she was in was were like my favourite ones <laughs> of the show and they always always made me crack up the most so like yeah that that's really cool to hear about. Yeah, yeah. We've spoken a lot about vulnerability which is is lovely and I completely echo what, what Natty said on its importance. But I wanted to also hear a bit about your strength because um, you've obviously done quite a few shows and films where you've got to do like stunts and like fight scenes, yeah. Year of the Rabbit. So yeah, but it's obviously not that common necessarily to see dark-skinned black women doing like action scenes. And I just wanted like, you know, what has it taught you about your own capabilities and like possibilities for like more physical bits oh, and pieces moving forward? Man, like 
I, I love that stuff. So I went to I went to drama school, I went to RADA, and we spend, I think it's two years doing stage fighting. So we learn how to do like a stage punch and all of that. And then you also use weapons. So we were using like broadswords, these massive swords and like fighting with them. And yeah, and I loved it. And I got a distinction whoop, 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 because I'm good at it. I was like, yeah. And then, <laughs> I love that, yes. <laughs> I was so happy. I was like, yes. And then I left drama school and I, it was just never needed because I was never in, I wasn't in like some sort of Jacobean tragedy where somebody has to die by the dagger. Like that was never happening. So I was like, oh God, I'm, these skills are getting rusty. And then, so the first time I, I used it was Crazy Head. I had to do fighting with this baton and like beating up a demon and I was like, I'm really good at it. But the thing is, if you show that you're good at it, the fight director or fight coordinator gives you more. So I remember like, he was like, oh, she's quite good. So we're going to do this. We're going to do that. I was knackered. And I was like, beat. There was like one scene in uh, Ice Rink and this demon is behind us. And I just, I'm I'm having this really funny conversation with um, Amy, Cara's character. And I'm beating him up in between, like turning back to her and talking, talk, go back and beating him up. I battered this poor lad I the man was black and blue and he loved it (laughs) (laughs) but it was that's what happens like when they they're like no give me more you can do it you're capable I trust you so I love that and I've done it with in Enola Holmes I had to learn jujitsu for that and Year of the Rabbit I had to do some fighting and yeah I what I love about it is yes vulnerability and and all of that stuff but you feel at the end of the day when you go home you feel like you've done a day's work you're like actually tired you're like oh I moved my bones it took all of me I didn't have to just like sit there and like squeeze out a tear I had to really like use my body and actually I did a all-female uh, Shakespeare play years ago and we did Julius Caesar and and that was one thing that I felt was like, oh my God, no wonder men think that they're so baller. They get to play roles like this where they're like, and they're fighting and oh, and you just feel powerful. You feel capable, I think is, is the word. So I love all that stuff. And, you know, to be able to combine that with comedy, which is what I've had to do a lot of the time is even better. Like, I love it. Oh my God. I didn't even know that that was something that I wanted to do. And now you're talking (laughs) about these broadswords and I'm just like, I wonder if I could take a stage fighting class. <laughs> I wonder if I'd be good at this. Um, that's incredible. And I can't wait to see you in more action as well. And you mentioned that you went to RADA. And I guess I wanted to touch on something that we've talked about a little bit in terms of with loads of people who have, I guess, like ventured into the arts, which is how was your parents' reaction to your career choice? And how has it changed over the years, hopefully? Um, But what was their initial reaction when you said you wanted to go and become an actor? Yeah, I mean, I've I've spoken about this quite a bit and I think it's very similar to a lot of, you know, people born here from, you know, the diaspora. But like, no, I mean, they were, my mum wasn't keen and my dad was furious, like really furious. He was so angry. He was so angry. Uh, He was really The thing is, I saw it coming, so I didn't tell him. I didn't tell either of them that I was auditioning. I just, I got really good A-levels. I got three A's and I was like, damn it. Um, So I said to my parents, I lied to them and I said, I'm deferring for a year 
and I'm just going to save money to help with my fees. And they were like, okay, okay. What I was doing is I was applying for drama school and I got into RADA. I literally got the call like, you have gotten, you've got into RADA. And everybody has their story of getting that phone call. And I had to sort of like, I was on the bus 453 by the Coronet Cinema Club. I was there like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Stop, got off the bus, screamed, just like, ah, then got home. And then I just couldn't tell anyone. I just was walking around, was like, I got into RADA, I can't tell anyone. And then I told my sister and she was like, okay, all right, I'm going to speak to mum. I was like, why? Do-? Anyway, so she spoke to mum and then my mum sat me down and she was like, so what is RADA? What, what is this place? And I was like, well, it's a place that, um, you know, like Kenneth Branagh, he went there. Who? I was like, the mat, the, uh, you know, uh, I was like trying to pull out every kind of like name. Alan Rickman, <laughs> oh, Alan Rickman, okay, okay. And so I was like, finally got on board. I think it was the Royal, like the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art that got her. Cause you know, you know what, what some Nigerian parents can be like when it comes to uh, the monarchy. Um, so that got her and she was just like, okay, all right. I tell you what, just don't tell your dad. I was like, cool, I won't tell dad. And then I was away, I think I was doing some youth theatre stuff. And my dad sort of let me do it because he thought, okay, she's just getting it out of her system before she goes to university. And then he found my letter. He found my letter saying, uh, Susan, we can't wait for you to start in September. Uh, please buy these books and buy Leotard and all that stuff. And then he called me. <laughs> my dad, my dad's no longer... Uh, with us but my dad had a temper so when he was quiet and calm I was like oh boy so he called me he was like Suzanne so in for a rude awakening mm, yeah he was just like so you're going to to Rada I was like yeah okay okay come home that's all he said come home I was like Hey, shit, I better write my will. So <laughs> I went home and my dad just looked at me and he went, so you're going to go and do this acting thing? And I said, yeah, I am. And he went, okay, all right, well, you can't live here. I was like, excuse me? Kicked me out. Mm. Kicked me the hell out. No. Yeah. I had to start rather, you know, I was living with a, a friend of mine called Maria who took me in and yeah, I had to start that journey and I had most of that journey without my family around. So that was hard. But one of the things that it helped me do was that it's, it, I had to break up with the idea of seeking their approval. Yeah. I had to really, really break up with that idea that died. I had to really, and it, I had to work very, very hard and it took a couple of years out of, drama school I think before you know I just get on with it even though it was really difficult I think that that was one of the the best things was that I had to really figure out who I was doing it for and you know who did I want to show or prove anything to and and that's been helpful for me going forward because I don't feel like I've got a lot to prove to anyone I don't feel like I need anyone's approval I'm in competition I'm not very I'm not a competitive actor which it may be to my detriment but I just I'm, I'm the biggest person that I'm in competition is with myself 
And, but I do think that, that the genesis of that was breaking up with the, I'm going to show you, mom. I'm going to show you, dad. I'm going to be a star. And so getting rid of that, yeah. I think, yeah. has paved the way for everything else. Yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Yeah, it sounds really healthy, to be honest, as, as a mindset. But yeah, I'm curious to know how it, that kind of attitude sort of also impacted you and your romantic relationships as well. So with, with, without any further ado, it'd be amazing if you wouldn't mind reading out this letter. So um, this was 2009 and I was about to start my final year at drama school and I wasn't in a very good place emotionally. I was very anxious. I was very depressed. Fast forward, I now know that the cause of that was I was on microgynon, which is, was, I don't think it's around anymore. It's um, a contraceptive pill, which one of the side effects is that it makes you suicidal. Didn't know that. So I quickly, after this trip, I, I came off it and I was a lot better, but I was in the throes of that of not really understanding. And so I decided to go off traveling on my own for the first time. So I started, I I, I booked what you could do before, which is get a ticket, interrailing ticket and just go all around Europe, which is just laughable because if you cut me open, I bleed Southeast London. So 
I was like, I'm going to go on a trip so I can gain some independence. And my lovely boyfriend at the time was so supportive. So we had all these back and forths of emails on my trip. I don't really keep stuff from Demandem because we move on, we move. But I've kept these emails because they're very, very sweet. So this is one uh, that I sent on the 17th of August, 2009. <laughs> this is so funny. Okay. Hey, baby. Just wanted you to know that I'm all settled in my campsite in Patras. Well, it's just out of Patras, about 30 minutes outside the city centre. But it's just for one night and it's a straight bus to the station, so it's all okay. I thought I would send an email instead of a call since they have internet access here. It's been so lovely to finally read your replies. Just sitting in my inbox waiting for me. I particularly liked the Willy image. Lol. You and your family have been so lovely. I mean, lovely doesn't quite do it. It's just been quite overwhelming, I guess, to have you guys ready to help. But thankfully, it's all fallen into place. But I still can't help but be thankful. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you, baby. It's all been a bit embarrassing, running out of money and stuff, if I'm honest. I'm going to stay in the campsite for today to save some pennies. It's right in front of the seafront so I can check out Greece's waters, just like you advised. And they have a folklore night on tonight that I've been invited to. No, not a clue either. I'll also go for a walk. I'm well and truly in the countryside, so I think I should just make the most of it, as Athens and Thessaloniki are cities. It is stunning out here. All the houses and mini chapels is also bloody sweltering. God, I'm so cute. Plus, the train I need to get to Athens tomorrow is at 11.59pm. So I'm going to make a day of Athens. I miss you. I know I keep saying it, but I do. But I want you to know that despite all this and missing you and family and London, I am making the most of my trip. I don't want you to think I'm sad all the time because I'm not. To be honest, I walk around in awe 90% of the time. I'm seeing things I only dreamt about or have seen in films and pictures. It's just sometimes it would be nice to share it with someone I love, you know? But I'm doing what I've wanted to do for so long. And as drastic as it seems, I think I need this. You saw how low I was by the end of second year and how I was before I came out here. I suppose I can't tell yet what this trip is doing for me as I go along. I mean... But I'm having a blast. It's just a price of missing you, baby. I love you so much and cannot wait to see you. What have you got planned for me? Ooh, I'm excited. I can't wait to hold you again and kiss you and generally be around you. Right, I better stock up on some food. Uh, <laughs> there's lots of supermarkets and fruit stalls for dirt cheap out here. I'll call tomorrow to let you know the final train plans for tomorrow. Not long now. I love you so much, baby. Your girl. Kiss, 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 kiss. Oh my gosh, my heart literally swells. It's just like the sweetest thing I've ever, I've ever heard. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for reading that out and picking it. I just feel like it's such a great insight into like baby girl Susan yeah. and her love and really she's been through some things. <laughs> she's, she's persevering regardless. You know? yeah. Oh God, that, made, that was really sweet to read. I've got to say, I haven't, I haven't looked at those in years. It's so I sweet. knew I had them. I knew I had them. And it's in an old 
that's from an old email account that I don't even have anymore. So, but I kept them somehow. Anyway, it was really lovely to go. Archive them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and before I go into my first question, um, yeah. would you like to touch on the the Willy image yeah. <laughs> addendum? Okay. Yes. So. <laughs> my boyfriend sent me in the because I had to scroll I was like what the hell um so in the email before he did that thing you know that way you can make an image out of something if you do loads of x's and he made an uh, an image oh. and <laughs> balls basically and he literally went uh p.s that's a willy like that that's what he said <laughs> so it wasn't anything kinky it was just geeky shit <laughs> modern romance just modern romance. <laughs> um, so I guess we were all like dying to just know more about you at that time in your life and mm. even just like that relationship, I guess, um, and how it feels to read that back all these years later. So that was with a guy that I was at drama school with and it was my first relationship, my first serious relationship. And it was one of those things where actually Maria, who I was living with, I remember I came back on like one of my first days and she was there, like my mum, just like, so how was it, my dear? And I was like, this is Sky and he's so annoying. Fast forward, he's my boyfriend a year later, which he always finds really funny. (laughs) So it wasn't an immediate thing and I'm quite a rash person. So for us to sort of find each other was very new for me. And I was very reluctant. I was very reluctant to get into a relationship. I'm not entirely sure why, but man, he was crazy about me. And I was crazy about him. And I think one of the things that I found hard, which I touch on in the email, is his family. His family was so welcoming and loving and really took care of me. You know, I was on this big adventure on my own, this young black girl, which, you know, that threw up lots of stuff, (laughs) being young and black and traveling on your own. And they cared and, you know, have you got enough money? What do you need? And I was always like, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. They're like, you clearly don't have enough money, here you go. Like, you know, and it was to get that constant care, I actually found really overwhelming and also because of the circumstances I've explained I couldn't really return it because I wasn't speaking to my family and so it genuinely it was one of the first times I was like god these people have got nothing to do with me they don't owe me anything but when I walk into a room and I see their faces they genuinely are happy to see me and you know, when we did break up, that was one of the hardest things was saying goodbye. And actually, me and his mum spoke for quite a while afterwards. And then there was a point where we both said, okay, I think this should stop. So I love them a lot still. But in terms of that relationship, we were just finding our way. I think that we tried to be grown ups. He was um, quite an old soul. And God bless him, a bit dry, but sweet and could be so funny. Like when it was just, when it was just me and him, he could, he really could say some of the funniest things, some of the funniest things anyone has ever said to me. And I loved that I could access that because I knew that was to do with me. That wasn't to do with the muggles out on the street. That was me because I'm magic. Yeah, it was a great relationship. It was hard. I think one of the things that was hard about it was my self-esteem and 
my inability to accept love or believe that it was true. And yeah, and we broke up a couple of months after my dad passed away. And I think that what I said before about us sort of pretending to be grown ups, we were living together and all that sort of stuff. And then this really scary thing happened. And, you know, I don't want to sort of tell his story, but I don't think he could handle it. I don't think he could handle. And also, actually, what I've said before, it's all linked in terms of how I arrive at things emotionally, my vulnerability, my honesty with it. It's not the prettiest thing. It's quite ugly. And I faced and I was constantly told by other people who'd lost parents is, you know, don't put it away in one box, face it, confront it. You know, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be painful. But that is the best way to deal with grief. And so I did. And it means you change. And I think that the change scared him because I was being, I was just looking at death in the face and I think it scared him. He did try and get in touch. I think a year later, he said, he sent me a happy birthday text, but I, I didn't reply. But yeah, that was that relationship. We were very sweet. We were super cute, man. Like uh, me calling someone baby, that could never be me now, but... <laughs> Yeah, that was a good I was actually going to ask you about that later. But just going back to what you said about dealing with grief, like it's very tricky, isn't it? Because everyone copes slightly in their own way. And it's a shame when one's partner can't handle a new side they're sort of seeing to you or the emergence of like a new self. But I mean, I'm glad that you guys had years prior to that, which sounded so beautiful and so fun and, and so free. But going back to the letter itself, yeah, uh, can you talk us through the trip? Because that must have been a bit wild. You ran out of money at one point. You you missed your boyfriend a lot, clearly. But like, you know, what was it like traveling around? I've I've done a little road trip around Greece once as well, and I really loved it. Thessaloniki, yeah. Athens, like, yeah, it must be cool. You could basically buy a ticket to go all around Europe. And so you would get a train and you would write down, okay, I've got a train at this time, da, da, da. And you just basically had to keep a record. So when everyone, anyone like checked your ticket, you just showed them that you were doing this trip. But I started in Paris and I know that I ended in Bruges is where I ended via um, Bucharest. I went to Budapest. I went to, um, yeah, went to Athens. That was, I mean, so just after this email, that train that I was meant to get to Athens ended up being a coach. And so I got to Athens late at night, late at night. So that, oh, I'm going to spend the day in Athens never happened. But what did happen was as I was, and this is one of the things that I realized, I sort of arrived going to travel around Europe thinking, oh, this is going to make my depression better. And then I realized that I'm just a young black girl. So I had a really scary experience in Pisa. So I went to Pisa, saw the Leaning Tower. I was like, boom done and then I was just walking around and I couldn't find the train station and so I went up to this guy and I just said excuse me can you tell me where the train station was and I saw him like freeze he just like froze and then he started talking to me like beckoning me towards him and I was like no 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 just could you just tell me where the station is and then he like because he was by his car he opened his car door and then like went to grab for me and I was like, whoa. So like, I stumbled back, turned around oh and, and the train station was behind me. And he was trying to get me in the car. So of course, what I do is, fuck you, you fucking, you're trying to kidnap me. What I mean, who, like, 
why bring the road? Why bring the road to Pisa? This American couple like came up to me. They were like, no, 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 get into the station, get into the station, because I was losing it. Number another thing, there's always an American couple when you're traveling. Always an American couple. So it's an American couple. Like, With a fanny pack and sandals. Fanny pack, they have the sandals, you know, the Jesus sandals on. It was all going on. And they just bustled me in. They were like, calm down, it's okay. Da, 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 da. So yeah, that was the first point where I was like, oh yeah. Ah, traveling alone. So fast forward to waiting for the now coach to Athens. I'm sat at the bus stop of this really countryside place, as I described in the email, and this guy is sat next to me and doesn't speak much English, which is fine because I'm in Greece. And we had the same phone. So he looked at me and he went, ah, same, same. And I was like, oh, yeah, same, because I'm that, you know, I mean, you saw, you've listened to the email. That's the kind of girl we're talking about. So I was like, oh, yeah, we've got the same phone. Wow. It's not wow. You can get phones from shops. Anyway, there I was. And so get onto the coach. Uh, I go and sit down. He sits down next to me. I was like, okay, I feel trapped. And he was like, oh, I'll pay. I'll pay. I was like, no, don't pay for my ticket. Anyway, because I don't speak Greek, he had already arranged with the conductor and he paid for my ticket. And I was like, shit, oh, this is actually really handy. But now I have to talk to him and I don't speak Greek. So here we go. So he paid for me and I, I said, thank you. And then I just like, looked out the window and he was just staring at me like his head was just looking at the side of my head and then he went ah Kylie and I went excuse me Kylie I was like uh, sorry no I don't know what you mean Kylie I should be so lucky lucky I'm lucky and I was like oh okay okay so I just was like, by this point he could just see the back of my head I'm just like looking through the window like help me help me anyway so then he's quiet and then as we're about to get to the coach station where we're about to make the transfer he turned it's like he panicked he was like I'm running out of time and then he grabbed the inside of my thigh just I was wearing these shorts and he just grabbed the inside of my thigh but do you know what was so awful about it I had a bite right underneath my thigh because I get bitten everywhere I go if I leave the UK I get bitten so he basically pressed on this really hot inflamed bite so of course I went why the hell you think you're doing southeast southeast man was scared the man jumped and I might as well have been speaking in tongues he was so terrified so <laughs> The email that you haven't seen is me going to my boyfriend. And then this man, try and touch me. Who does he think he is? Love you. Can't wait to see you. So, <laughs> I mean, that trip was wild, wild. And my boyfriend, who was white, he was telling me, you know, go off the beaten track and do this and do that. And he learned from that experience. He was like, just stick to the tour guide. Just stick to the map. Just don't do any of the stuff that, you know, middle-class white boys do. Just go inside the hotel, order yourself a nice mm. breakfast and then leave. So it was a real kind of like learning, oh, actually, when I'm traveling alone, there's certain things I can't do in certain places I can't go, uh, which was a shame. But um, so I kept it quite tourist. 
after that. That actually segues quite neatly, I think, into one of our final questions, which was, you know, would you have any advice for your younger self in relation to sort of, I mean, it could be in relation to the traveling itself, but it could also be in relation to like, you know, finding love and um, and keeping in touch with, with Bayes. <laughs> if I was to give advice to that girl, to that girl at that time, you know, at the campsite, just outside of Patras, I would say to her, you are so beautiful and you see the world in such a way that is so innocent and you don't know it all and that's fine you are enough as you are is what I'd tell her because I feel like I was then always trying to be stronger and different and not who I was. And yet the boy who was sending me like the weird willy stuff, he was totally infatuated with, with that girl. That girl was enough. She was enough. And I never, ever felt that. And so I would just say, you are like it with all this weird shit that's happening. The fact that you can't budget properly, <laughs> you're good. And the, and the reason why that family are, are looking after you is because you're good. You are a good person and you deserve love is what I'd say to her. Oh God, I'm getting a bit teary. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's so beautiful. And I, yeah, I think that's such a common theme is just like, a lot of young people, they when they think about when how they were when they were that age, it's just almost overwhelming to imagine, you know, that you would ever be where you are today. And yeah, then I wanted to ask a, a little follow up. What do you think that girl would think of where you are right now and Susan in twenty twenty one? Oh, yeah, I'm getting teary now. Honestly, I don't. I don't think she'd believe it. I don't think she'd believe it. The fact that, uh, you know, I've got my own home and I'm surrounded by people who I know, like, ride or die. Like, and that took sifting. <laughs> that took, took sifting. And, you know, there's been a lot of things that would warrant me uh, not being as open, as friendly as curious as I am, and yet it's the thing that I fight for. Growing up really, really, it ages you, not just in like the way that you look, but it just makes you very tired. And the fact that I still have energy and appetite for fun and curiosity and lightness. It's the reason why I don't mind people calling me a comedy actress. I know I'm so much more, but the fact that I can still access that when real shit happens and it does as it has for so many people in the last year yeah I think that the fact that I've got my sense of humor intact yeah younger Susie would yeah she'd love that thank you so much for that I think yeah maintaining oh to be able to continue to maintain and access and, and represent and share joy in that way is is such an inspiration to us and it's why so many people love you thank you so much for joining us on the show this has been incredible it's been I'm so nice <laughs> oh, Sorry, no, I did not expect that <laughs> thank you so much yeah what a roller coaster I just felt like 
you know, obviously we were crying with laughter as she was regaling all her all her tales of interrailing travel as a, oh. as a young black woman from southeast London, bringing the, <laughs> bringing the south to to Greece. Yeah, yeah. But also, yeah, just just quite heartbreaking to think about. As so many of us, I think there's just such, so many common themes of you know young people who don't realise how incredible they are until like years later and maybe it's the world tells them maybe they just like become more at home in themselves but yeah my heart breaks a little bit for little Susan who went through so much and wasn't able to accept the love that she more than deserved yeah for sure and you know I think much like you my yeah my heart my heart bled a little bit with with empathy um for some of our shared experiences I hope that for future generations like a lot of people, I think there's a lot of trauma that is rife, like within our generation and the generations before us that I hope we can heal from. And like, I guess rigid definitions of careers and paths because we come from immigrant families and we strive for certain things in this, like this here England, you know? So I just hope that with the next generations that come, we are able to heal from that trauma and continue to grow and flourish in all of these areas that we clearly are brilliant and deserve to be in. I see I see a lot of conversations, predominantly on Twitter, obviously, which is like a microcosm of like the worst of society, but just people talking about the <laughs> the um the the intense pressure they feel um to like compete with with other like young journalists or other yeah. young creatives and um and I think we need to hear more from people like Susan because it's it's so much healthier to mm. do it for yourself. Well, and I just, I, yeah, I just, um, I really hope that that comes through in in, in the podcast and, and, and people get something from that because uh, it's a really good reminder for those who I just see like, you know, sort of shitting on themselves mm. for not landing a byline or getting mm. something picked up or not having done enough, for, you know, during the pandemic and yeah. Yeah, that was it. 100%. I couldn't agree more. This has been an II Studios production. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget, you can sign up to become a member at gal-dem.com for access to exclusive discounts with our favourite brands and partners, early access to tickets for Galdem events, an advanced copy of our annual print issue, and so much more. Make sure you're following us on all major social media platforms at Galdemzine for the latest independent journalism or visit our website, which is gal-dem.com. Galdem has a book, I Will Not Be Erased, Our Stories About Growing Up as People of Colour. It's available in all good bookstores or online. If you loved this episode of Growing Up with Galdem, be sure to subscribe, rate and leave a review. We'll catch you on the next episode. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.